I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. I lose stuff all the time. My wife can attest to this. The parish administrator, Linda Mumford, can attest to this, that I pretty much leave a wake wherever I go of stuff. And in the past couple weeks, I lost a pair of sunglasses and a brand new insulated coffee mug. And I'd like to share those stories with you in that order. I'm pretty sure I lost my sunglasses at Lowe's. I was at Lowe's buying stuff for the music festival and was trying to multitask, which I don't do well. I was on the telephone with Father Kraft, trying to fix all of his problems. <laughs> while I was in the store and that trying to measure some things and look at prices. And I'm almost positive that I set my sunglasses down on the shelf. It wasn't until later in the day that I realized I lost them. So I called Lowe's, no sunglasses, drove back to Lowe's, walked through the store, retracing all of my steps, still on the phone with Father Kraft, trying to fix all of his problems, no sunglasses. I asked the worker at the service desk, checked the lost and found, no sunglasses. Now, the sunglasses were only 10 bucks because I only buy sunglasses that are no more than 10 bucks because I lose sunglasses all the time. But I got them at this special event with my son, and so they were meaningful to me, and I'm bummed that I lost them. Then a few days later, at the music festival, I lost my brand new insulated coffee mug. This mug is awesome. Uh, it will keep your coffee, it was awesome. It will keep your coffee hot until four or five o'clock in the afternoon. It still has that edge on it, it still feels hot. I'm pretty sure I left it somewhere outside on the lawn, right over there, Saturday morning, in all of the chaos when we had to stop traffic on the 101 in order to get the taco truck to back in on the lawn. So later that week, on Tuesday, I walked all over the campus, retracing my steps, looked in every room, on every table, every shelf, still, by the way, on the telephone with Father Kraft, fixing all of his problems. It's a distraction, I'll tell you. Alas, it was nowhere to be found. I have spent in my lifetime significant time and energy trying to find stuff like sunglasses and coffee mugs. And yet, losing stuff pales in comparison to actually losing a human being, a real live person like a child. If you are a parent, you have likely had that experience of being in a public place, a grocery store, or a shopping mall, and for a split second, you think you lost your child. If you've had that feeling, you know that is the absolute worst feeling in the world. Sheer terror just kind of strikes through your whole body. Two of our three children have done their very best at giving my wife and I anxiety disorders in this department. And I won't say which two, but it's not our son. <laughs> our two girls love playing in the center of clothes racks in department stores. So they vanish in an instant. And then they think it's a fun game of hide and seek when they hear their name being called and they stay really quiet. I don't know how many times uh, I have been in uh, some public place, a department store, shuffling madly through a rack of women's blouses saying, are you in there? Are you in there? 
still on the phone with Father Kraft, <laughs> trying to listen to his thing. Thank God we have never lost our children for good. Though, have you ever noticed, if you've had that experience of you, you think you lost your child, have you ever noticed how quickly you can go from worry and panic to absolute blind rage when you actually find your child? Isn't that the weirdest thing? One minute you're thinking about just how precious they are. You can't believe you'll never see them again for the rest of your life. And the next minute, you're going to kill them yourself. You want to strangle them for running away. I'm sure that we have all had our, have our own stories of losing things that are precious to us. And I'm certain that many of you have stories of losing a child. Have you ever considered the simple truth that God, Almighty God, also has experienced these very same feelings of worry and distress and loss, that he can identify with us in these feelings? God is often thought of as this impersonal force, this higher power hovering out there somewhere far above the universe. Or sometimes he's thought of as an all-powerful being who might be personal, but he's not very nice. He may or may not care about his creation, especially when we consider all the brokenness that we see in the world. We often wonder, where is God? Is there a God? If, if so, where is he? But our Lord in today's gospel makes an entirely different case for the personal and compassionate and parental nature of God. The scene in today's gospel opens, we're told, with tax collectors and sinners all drawing near to hear Jesus. And this, in turn, um, causes the local religious leaders, the Pharisees and the scribes, it catches their attention and causes them to murmur, saying, this man receives these sinners and eats with them. And so Jesus responds to them, as he so often does, with some parables. Hey, have you guys ever lost a pair of sunglasses or a coffee mug? He uses common illustrations to help them understand both what it is that he's doing, but even more importantly, who he is. He says, what man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And notice the physicality of this next line when he says, and when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And then he goes on and says, or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it. The tax collectors and the sinners are drawing near to Jesus, and he is receiving them because this is exactly what he has come into the world to do, to seek and to save that which is lost. In fact, in this very scene, Jesus is describing himself. He is the good shepherd who has come into the world to seek his lost sheep. And the woman, as we'll see in a moment, represents the church who carries the light of Christ into the world to seek and save that which is lost. 
There is much that is said in the scriptures and in the church about our responsibility as the sinner to repent and return to the Lord, all of which is right and good. However, it is only one half of the equation of salvation. And I might argue it's actually the second half. The first half, the initiative for our salvation, begins with God. And it is that of the deep desire of God to go out and to seek and to save that which is lost. Our Lord's parables today reveal this wonderful truth that God not only has created us, but that he sees us as his most precious sons and daughters, and he will stop at nothing to seek after those children who are lost. This is its own image of the incarnation of our Lord. This is precisely why the Father sent the Son into the world. St. John in his gospel says, For God sent the Son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. In this view of a God who goes into the world to seek and save the lost, this view of, of a loving heart of God, it, it would not have computed for the Pharisees and the scribes that day. There is one biblical commentator who reminds us of this. He writes, The Jews may have agreed that if a man came crawling home to God in self-abasement and prayed for pity, he might find it. But they would never have conceived of a God who went out to search for sinners. He goes on, we believe in the seeking love of God because we see that love incarnate in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who came to seek and to save that which is lost. Christ's love is an active, seeking love. The early church fathers also see plainly in these parables that our Lord is the good shepherd, come to seek and save the lost sheep. And they also see this woman as an image, a symbol of Mother Church, who carries the light of Christ into the world to find the precious coin that has fallen into the earth. St. Ambrose writes, Christ carries you on his body, he who took your sins on himself. Let us rejoice that the sheep that had strayed in Adam is lifted on Christ. The shoulders of Christ are the arms of the cross. There I laid down my sins. And St. Cyril of Alexandria says, A search was made for that which had fallen, so the woman lit her lamp. And by the light, what was lost is found. What was lost is saved. And he goes on, and there is joy in the heavens above. The heavens erupt in celebration when the lost have been found. Indeed, when Christ finds us and carries us home to the Father, we do not encounter an angry God, like the parent who turns from worry to anger once the child is found safe. To the contrary, Jesus tells us, there is joy before the angels of God over even one sinner who repents. It has been said that Christ is far more willing 
to save sinners than sinners are to be saved. Again, a commentator writing in the 19th century says, Let the man who is afraid to repent consider well the verses we are now looking at and be afraid no more. There is nothing on God's part to justify his fears. An open door is set before him. A free pardon awaits. My prayer is that we would take our place with those tax collectors and sinners and continually draw near to Jesus, the Good Shepherd, who alone can carry our burdens and by whose light the salvation of God is revealed. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.